Well, welcome to our second week uh, of looking at why do we believe, uh, and we didn't do a podcast last week, but we talked about church. Why do mm-hmm. we believe what we believe about church? Yeah. This week, uh, we're thinking about the Bible, mm-hmm. uh, and Claire was speaking on Sunday morning, uh, really thinking about why do we believe what we believe the Old Testament says, I think. Yeah. I've called it part one, um, but I think it's yeah. obviously the, um, the Old Testament, and it stirred up quite a debate. Yeah, I mean, it was with no little amount of trepidation that I spoke about this. You know, it felt like a more than a hot potato. It was a burning, scorching hot potato um, that, yeah, that I, that I didn't want to mess around with or do an injustice to. But to say what I believe I've been learning since we went to Bible college mm. about scripture, to feel the books I have read and, you know, to to feel that I'm doing justice to m- my true belief in scripture, I had to be honest about that and not mm. say what I thought people wanted to hear, but what I really believe is, is the truth. Mm. And I, I think, so just to kind of summarize it, uh, I think you, uh, you looked at the Old Testament and you said some of it, uh, we need to kind of uh, be honest about when it was written and why it was mm. written uh, and that those passages were written for lots of different reasons uh, and we talked about the story or well, you talked about the story around Jericho uh, and acknowledged that possibly that was Israel's exaggeration mm. uh, of what happened uh, rather than the the kind of the truth of the historical mm. account um so um, i mean from my point of view we've we've talked about Old testament before uh, and thought through sort of creation stories and saying mm. you know we can't just read this as this is what happened because that's not what the story was about. Mm. Um, and then I think you've referenced something uh, that was probably more significant in uh, people's understanding because you would read it as a factual story generally. Yeah. Um, and you're saying actually uh, maybe uh, it was Israel's way of explaining uh, a little bit where they come from uh, and a little bit of posturing as well saying, you know, isn't our yeah. God great because he, this is what he's told us to do. I certainly, I felt it's always been taught very much as a factual story. And what's more, it's taught very much as a factual story to children. So it's one of those stories that we grow up learning. And I remember in my children's ministry class, um, the, the, ch- the leader, the teacher at the time, our, our lecturer, just said, why are mm. we teaching this to children? This is genocide. And he said, this is too complicated. And not that it isn't wonderful, not that it isn't to be treasured as a story because it's an ancient story from the Bible, but to teach it with all simplicity is that's where I think we're getting into danger zones. And I think that's that, that's probably what the kind of the meat of what I want to talk about um, a little bit now is that sense of, so I think, I think that mm-hmm. most Christians believe uh, whether they'd acknowledge it or not, that this black book that we hold has been given to us via God's, you know, hand. Mm. You know, He's physically written it, and we uh, and we take that as our starting point. Well, it's the Word of God, uh, and this bounded book that we have is God's Word. So, why would you question it? Why are you mm. trying to pick it apart? That's a really dangerous thing to do. Surely, we should just do what the Bible says. I think just to to expand on that i i don't i like for example i know that the the muslims believe that the quran was dictated given directly to muhammad Mm. um now i don't think 
necessarily many Christians, if they think about it, if they really thought about it, think that is what happened with the Bible. I think what most people believe is when it came to the actual writing, the author of each individual text was specifically inspired in an extremely divine way to write it. So actually, it might not be one Bible written, dictated, but it was dictated many times to each author. I think think deep down that's the conversation that I've had with a lot of people which is not from my point of view from what I understand in talking to biblical scholars that's not what they understand has and it, happened and it comes from I think a desire to have a high view of scripture yeah uh, and I want a high view of scripture Absolutely. but I think it comes from that it's such high view that it's 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 not kind of written by God but it's pretty much yes. as close as you could possibly get to being um, yeah. written by God uh, and I think what kind of where our studies have gone where our, our time in college um, took us was actually that that's not necessarily hmm. the case that this book can't simply be read that way uh, and if you do read it in such a black and white way um, you end up getting yourself into all sorts of you know yeah. knots and messes and probably why this uh, you know the story of Jericho Heathen teaching it as a, a children's story, um, if you really think about it, is is really challenging, mm. uh, and comes back to our um, kind of a, a different understanding of who God is, because I think it is hard to justify that. Yeah, you know, and there are ways. I mean, I've, there's loads of people who you know very cleverly you know justify uh, that story and why it's there. And I have a big problem with that. What I don't have a problem with is somebody who just wants to read the Bible as it is and accept it and not think too much about it because we all have our different you know skills our our different ways of relating to our faith and for some people that is going to be you know I read it or I accept what I'm told and I understand that I think for me the problem comes about when people want to go deeper and they use their academic faculties to do that but they do it in such a defensive way as to cause some problems in that sense Mm -hmm. So they don't necessarily want to look at it openly. They've already decided what their decision, their final understanding is. So they'll just use their academic faculties to defend it. Mm. And for me, it's like, well, I would rather look honestly at something and and be not entirely happy with the result than to create a happy ending for myself that mm. wasn't the truth. And I think the other... <coughs> So the kind of slippery slope you know, analogy. Mm. I mean, I've read, yeah, I've heard preachers saying, if I if I cannot believe the creation story, then how can I believe anything else? Mm. Uh, and that any questioning of these stories of not hundred percent, you know, Western factual truth, yeah, um, is some slippery slope. And I think the slippery slope things are really interesting. And you hear it all the time. You know, oh, this yeah. is just. Um, mm. But I, I was reflecting on the slippery slope thing. I mean. We've got a nice deck out the back. Uh, in the rain, it gets really slippery, yeah. um, and I know <laughs> I know that it's slippery. So when I yeah. come across it, I don't just bound across it thoughtlessly. Mm. Uh, I take my time and I carefully walk across it, and I warn other people to walk across mm. it carefully. So this idea that because it's a slippery slope, that we're somehow going to thoughtlessly bound through it mm. uh, and not care care at all about scripture is really quite um, upsetting because you're saying that you can't carefully evaluate and work through what scripture mm. says. And the same with the baby in the bathwater. I mean, anyone in their right mind would not chuck a baby out with the bathwater. You're doing 
such a poor job of washing Absolutely, that baby. Like you have no understanding <laughs> of how to bath a baby if that's going to happen. I think this idea that, you know, oh, we can't do that because, oh, no, we'll throw everything out. Well, it's not if you do it carefully because things are complicated and complex uh, and you can't just assume that, you know, it's a simple task and we're doing mm. it poorly because actually the whole point of wrestling with scripture is not to do it poorly, is to give it honour and respect uh, and mm. to value it really highly for what it is. Um, and I don't think that devalues, in my mind, what scripture is. Um, but I think a lot of us think, well, if I, oh, do you know what, if I just question that, then, well, the whole thing's going to unravel. Um, I don't think scripture will unravel. And if this is really very dualistic, black and white thinking, it's either this or it's that. So if I allow myself to go down this road, or everything's going to fall apart. Now, this is kind of a... A, again, a baby in a bathwater situation. Mm. Well, no, you gently lift the baby out before you go and carefully somewhere suitably tip the bathwater out. This is a very, you know, this should be a, a process done well. The baby also should be put somewhere carefully while you're tipping the bathwater out. And so I think there's this, um, sometimes I think it's this conservative liberal divide that almost that anybody examining things in a different way is a, a liberal who is being careless and rash mm. and free with things that are precious and i'd say actually from my own theology it is a really difficult wrestling mm. and an ongoing um a, well a wrestling it's it's not mm. a quick thing this is this is a difficult thing this is a thing that takes time and study it's certainly not something that I would just come out with. Um, it's an ongoing process. Mm. And I think kind of your position you know, on Sunday is a messy position in a certain extent. Mm. Um, it requires you know, some nuances of understanding why we have the Bible that we have mm-hmm. uh, and the role that humans played in giving us the Bible that we have uh, and editing the Bible that we Mm. have uh, and translating the Bible that we have. Um, And in a lot of ways, it is a lot simpler having a black and white understanding of Scripture, you know, and Mm. saying, well, the Bible says this, so that's what I do, and the Bible says that. And, you know, traditionally that's kind of probably where, you know, the church has gone. Then things come up against, so women in ministry come up Mm -hmm. against, oh, well, Scripture says that, but, oh, okay, we need to rethink that. Um, you know shopping on a Sunday you know how we understand you know what church is all these things Mm -hmm. start kind of thinking well actually if I really think about it then that just saying that that's what scripture said doesn't really do scripture any justice uh, and doesn't help us as a uh, as a Christian you know today Mm -hmm. Um, but it is it's much easier I think if you're a certain sort of person to defend a very hard position and say that's just what that's what scripture says Uh, and why are we messing with scripture we shouldn't mess with scripture but to study scripture is to see inaccuracies Mm. so to compare one samuel and two samuel and the books of kings there are differences in the books of chronicles which were written much later now if god has divinely dictated them Mm. why has he allowed that to happen well i don't know why but he has he has, for some reason, allowed there to be differences. So we have to be able to take the time mm. and the humility to accept them and accept God being okay with that. And I think 
if there are differences in certain chapters like that, then it means when I come up against something like the Jericho story and think, this is just not the God that I know. Mm. I think it's reasonable at this point for me to question, well, why might that be there the way it is? And is it just because I live in a different time and I don't understand then? But but I do understand my God and mm. I understand the God that Jesus talked about 2,000 years ago and who still reveals himself to me 2,000 years hence. So I think it would be unwise and irresponsible for me to accept a God in scripture that isn't the God that I believe has mm. been revealed to me today. And and certainly, you know, we're not going to do Old Testament justice um, just talking on this now, but... It's Israel's story of mm-hmm. where it came about, yeah. and it's their record of of their engagement with God and their engagement with other people uh, in a very tumultuous time where yeah. you know tribal you know you know kind of clashes and wars and fighting, uh, and Israel's desire to stay a nation, a you know a nation under God. You mm. know that was a really you know significant thing uh, and an amazing account of their journeys you know from yeah. the wilderness from you know being slaves in Egypt to being free to get in the promised land to losing it and all those things I mean it's an amazing account yeah. um I think the challenge we have is if we if we treat it as you know how we might treat a historical account today mm-hmm. or how we might treat a news report although all news reports and accounts are biased in their Absolutely. interpretation there is no pure you yeah. know kind of you know until before god we won't yeah. know all the pure you know kind of ways yeah. of interpreting things um but to treat it differently i think you know leads down a lot of you know challenging situations mm. um and i think by doing what you did on sunday doesn't necessarily i don't think that means that we're devaluing scripture um because you're right it's not a simple task the more i preach the more i study scripture the more i I'm left just in bemusement yeah. and, you know, and feel I know less and less about scripture. Yeah. Um, so there's an idea that we can just pick it up on a Sunday and think that we understand everything uh, or pick it up in the midweek or do a Bible in the year, which is a really valuable mm. thing. But it it requires more nuance than that. It requires more study. And I think you're right in saying that's not for everyone and that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. You know, this is not a, a sense that we all need to be academics with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't think I don't think those two things are mutually exclusive. I think you can have a a love of scripture and acknowledging that it's you know there's nuances and differences in it mm-hmm. rather than this love of scripture and protecting that it's you know that's it. It's just mm-hmm. that. You know, you can't change it. Also I think just because Again, we've we've come out of um, evangelicalism and uh, even uh, how the Protestants since the Reformation have understood scripture, not to mention some of the, the popes that we discussed earlier on. Mm. Um, there has been a real protectionist view of scripture because that controls people. Mm. And it's a good way to say, no, you do, you believe this and you believe it that way and you believe it the way I'm telling you and then or else. And that's gone on particularly through you know, the Reformation era. Mm. And that is very far away from the, the way Jesus approached Scripture. Yeah, very much so. He was used to getting a scroll out and having some debate on it. That's what the scholars of the day would do. That's what the men went to the temple to do, to listen to each other, discuss and debate. And that still goes on in Jewish society today, but it doesn't go on in our, our Protestant faith. Mm. 
And I think that's where the poorer for it because we assume that it is this one way that this one person has said and we filter it through various different books and scholars that we might be reading but typically you know it can be very black and white and I just don't this was not how it was taught in mm. the Old Testament times this was not how it was passed on I know that um I read the um the first of the Christ the Lord books by Anne Rice as she kind of um gives a fictional narrative to the to the childhood of Jesus it's really helpful and enlightening and the way she kind of brought out the way that they would share the stories dad dad tell us tell us one about Jonah again mm. and these were passed on these were family stories these were there was no telly there was you know there was there was no simpsons there was come on let's let's have a story again and pass it on and that was something of real joy but it wasn't something of fixed words Mm. why why did they use that exact word you know they were passed on as stories long before they were passed on as texts Mm. and even when they were passed on as texts they would continue to be talked about why did they write that that way um why did a certain scribe say this about that so it wasn't kind of presented in a vacuum. And I think we've put scripture into a vacuum, mm. which is very dangerous. And I think we have a lot of problems now because we've all been raised assuming that's the way it is. But that's our worldview, not their worldview. Mm. And it is no simple thing to grasp our understanding of those stories, our understanding no. of that scripture. Um, and, you know, there's libraries full, you know, of people trying to do this. This is no, you know, simple task. And because so just on that, so why should I be the one person who should understand it all? Yeah. And yet I think we, we think somehow if we really apply ourselves or we read the right books or we just believe exactly what it says, we're the one to grasp it. And yet then that means we're able to do something that, mm. you know, all of these scholars and all of these scribes, all of these educated and interesting people weren't able to do they thought we need to debate it together they Mm. they believed in each other's viewpoints and i'd say that's absolutely what we need to do we need to come together in in you know kind of discussing scripture and i think there's a maturity then isn't there and a deeper understanding uh, and respect for each other Mm. and our differences and what we you know how we approach um different things and as one of the joys of our church i think is that Mm. yeah we might disagree um but um, my hope is we disagree well Mm -hmm. and we continue to walk together um because there's lots of reasons why yeah, we might understand scripture in certain ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've been on our journey with scripture and other people yeah. you're know, on different journeys with it. I think if there's a humility and a grace you know, to appreciate and understand that, and that's what holds a fellowship together and holds us together as yeah. church. Um, and I, I do think you know, there is a challenge to thinking, oh, well, aren't we just diluting it? Because mm-hmm. I, I think there is legitimate, you know, I know, you know, I suspect what people might say well you, why are you why are you making it so complicated mm. why are you diluting it surely it's just what it is uh, and you're you're kind of downplaying it um and i guess how do we respond to that i also think there's, there's some sense in which you know we trust when we go to a doctor that they don't magically have the right answer to why we're ill and they might even not know, but chances are one of the reasons we go to them is because they've studied and they've applied themselves to learning certain things about the human body. And I'd say similarly with the Bible, I don't think 
it is like the human body. I believe it's very complex. And I don't think you can just know what it's about or know what is wrong. Mm. I think you might need to study and trust other people who've studied. And, you know, I, I feel like we have been really privileged because of our Bible college education to listen to people who have really studied, you know, mm. they have really applied themselves, not for a couple of years, but for, you know, some of the, the, the lecturers that we had there, can they, they've been studying the Bible for some 50 years. Mm. And, and they are still, they, they kind of hold humility to other scholars much greater than them. So mm. I think that in humility, we need to keep learning from other people and accept what other people have to teach us as well. Mm. And I know that I went to Bible college with this really closed mind about the Bible. Mm. And within the first week was thinking, what? No, it can't. No, it doesn't say that. And then they unpack it and explain it and and it all becomes quite clear. It's murky, but you know, you're mm. kind of getting a sense of, oh, okay. And then that lets you let go of of all of those little knots. You know, when you're mm. trying to untangle something, it's all in a big mess. When you actually just let go of it, everything gets a lot easier. You mm. know, the pressure's off. And I, I've read this week um, that one of the problems is that pastors go to Bible college and they learn all of, um, they learn about the Bible, they learn about its heritage, they learn about its complexity, and then they go back to a church where nobody wants to hear that, so they just stop saying it. Mm. So you end up having all of these Bible college students or, or people with learning, people who've read various books, but if nobody wants to hear it, then mm. then nobody does hear it. So you end up just having a, you know, a, a bottleneck on on the truth. And I think that is a, is a shame because then I think people miss out on that. And I think, you know, certainly um, some of the emails we've had um, uh, since Sunday have been by people who think deeply about things. Mm, absolutely. Um, and really wrestle with it and want to understand deeply. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been really quite encouraging to hear from them that mm-hmm. actually, you know, this is thought-provoking and challenging. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's really important because I think there can be an assumption that we need to dumb down church life. Yeah. Um, and keep things you know, black and white and simple. Um, <coughs> I think it's also the reason why someone like Richard Dawkins comes across uh, and comes into yeah. the, and and just pulls everything apart and says, "Why do you believe in a God that's yeah a mass murderer?" Uh, and everyone's left thinking, having to try and defend that God yeah. who's a mass murderer, um, rather than actually just acknowledging that actually Scripture is a bit more complex than that, uh, and. I think what you did with the Jericho story is explaining that actually maybe there is a different way of reading that story and understanding that story that doesn't devalue it and doesn't you know throw it out, but just explains why they why they did what they did yeah. and why they understood God saying what they they understood God saying. Because um, there are there are some you know clever, well-read people like Richard Dawkins, whatever you think of him, or Stephen Fry. We all love Stephen Fry, but he has some pretty strong arguments against Christianity Mm. and largely when you look at these arguments they're against black and white Christianity Mm. against easy answers and yes when we start then feeling the need to justify it what we inadvertently end up doing is actually justifying mass murder Mm. or abuse or just the nasty things that we say oh well God did this because and again I, I I'm worried about the people who you know I know that there's there's Christians who have you know, who have been abused and they haven't told anybody because they feel like somehow God didn't want them to tell them. And 
you know, there's difficult passages in the Bible back up that sometimes God allows, you know, terrible things like Jericho or even wants it. And I don't want anybody to think that's acceptable mm. or to use the Bible as an excuse for doing evil. Um, and so I have to look fiercely at the Bible because mm. I don't want it to be used as a tool for evil. I don't want it to be used as a tool for a just war. Mm. And this, the passages, particularly the Jericho passage, has been used as evidence, as argument for a just mm. war. And I don't agree at all with that. And then, so it's really interesting because you have Jesus wandering onto the scene and just pulls it all apart, yeah. pulls tribalism apart, pulls actually, no, this is for everyone. Yeah. All are included, you know, all are before God and speaks the message of love and grace and ultimate grace that leads to him dying on the cross. Um, which is such a a drastic change, mm-hmm. yeah. And people kind of, yeah, you can, you know, it's a challenge sometimes to to, to literally kind of understand Jesus in the context of the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is a shift, yeah. You know, because the tribalism of Israel, you know, they've they're under occupation in Rome. There's nothing really left of them. Yeah. And then Jesus wants on, onto the scene and says, "Do you know what? There's there's something better than this. You know, there's something more." Than what you've been doing and Jesus understood the culture because he, he grew up within it and he was able to step back and say look you thought that but this you know and I think there's something that in how we understand the Old Testament guys you you really thought it was this yeah. but actually God was saying he wants to use Israel as a beacon for all nations but maybe you got it wrong and you thought it was all just about you guys mm-hmm. uh, and and then Jesus comes on and then just says, no, no, it is for everyone. It's God loves all. God seeks all uh, and God embraces all. Um, and that seeing then Old Testament through Jesus's eyes is yes. a really powerful image. And we read that all scripture is God breathed. You know, Paul said yeah. all scripture is God breathed. And, you know, absolutely. And it's still there and it's still lasting. And And Jesus refers to it. But Jesus is the last word. Mm. And I think any understanding of any part of our faith that isn't directly through Jesus is dangerous. So when we look at the Old Testament, we have to look at it through Jesus. We look at it through what was Jesus teaching? What was Jesus saying? What is Jesus speaking to us now through the Holy Spirit? Um, But, you know, we had, we've got four quite powerful accounts Mm. of Jesus and a in a couple of weeks, I'm hoping to um, to go on to understanding the four different accounts of Jesus. If but you haven't, if you haven't been kind of um, forced out of the village, yeah, that's a possibility. But, um, <laughs> but I'm looking at that. You know, it is through Jesus, mm. and at times when I have nearly lost my faith, I have not lost my faith in Jesus. Mm. I've, I've nearly given up so many times. The you know the difficulty with scripture, the difficulty with church, the difficulty with Christians can be overwhelming at times, but Jesus always Mm. seems a constant to me. Um, He never fails. He never changes. And I think that's that's how we have to always look through scripture and not try and justify it in, you know, we can use various other language like he is holy or he is, he, well, God is wrathful or God is to be feared. But let's put that through Jesus. Mm. And unless it works with Jesus, because Jesus is holy, now we need to put that through that glass. And if we can look through Jesus 
and see the right perspective of these things, then I think we're onto a winner. Mm. If for whatever reason we look through Jesus at a certain passage and it doesn't look quite right, then I think we examine it. Mm. And when I look at Jericho through Jesus, that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. And there there are other explanations. But I, you know, I look at a God who weeps for any pain in his children. I don't look for a God who who wishes to execute the babies. And I think there's it's it's a bit like the creation account, isn't it? If we get bogged down in a literalist understanding of that, we miss the amazing story, mm. the ongoing story. I mean, that it didn't just stop after seven days. This is God wanting to walk with yeah. his people. This is an ongoing, they're significant to us today as it was then. If we get so bogged down in kind of a literalist understanding of it, you mm. know, and feel that we've got to defend it against evolution or, or anything, we miss the kind of yeah. the the core, the little light of uh, of joy that's within that story. And we end up defending it. Is that like, why are we doing that? Because it doesn't add anything to that joy no. that, and that amazing, you know, encounter but it does potentially prevent other people from being in our faith you know it prevents people from seeing jesus because Mm. we are just not going to let anybody tell us what we should believe and that if that's if anything is hindering a person from coming to christ then for me we need to look carefully at that so i I guess to to finish with how do we help people who just are really irritated by what you said on sunday Mm. or really frustrated uh, and just like oh my goodness you're you're kind of ripping my my understanding of scripture apart how do we mm. help someone who thinks that way i mean it's difficult because on the one hand i'd say that understanding of scripture ripped my faith apart mm. for a long time and i know many people who can't come to faith because of the way evangelical christians see the bible so on that one hand it's you know I, i've got to do what is i've got to say what is true to me and hopefully through that bring other people to faith that's Mm. that's part of what's in my heart on the other hand i would say i might say the wrong thing because i am completely human and fallible Mm. and you might be right and i might be wrong and you know praise god jesus will be merciful on either Mm. one of us whichever (laughs) way we get it and i think god is a bigger god than the way we understand him i think mm. god is is bigger than our um our disagreements and our understandings and our ways of coming about things and he is merciful and he is compassionate and he will by his own grace keep getting us through mm. our um you know our di- our differences so on the one hand i'd say you know yes this is important to me but on the other hand i'd say if I've totally messed up on this one, then I'm sorry and I pray God will, you know, will forgive me and that you mm. will be gracious and have grace towards me as well. And the other way around as well, because I've sat through some talks of people and I said, oh my goodness, you've you've really missed it there, you know, and mm. you're defending a really indefensible position. Yeah. Uh, and just as I felt uncomfortable in yeah, those situations, sure. I suspect other people would feel uncomfortable in this situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how am I open to understanding where that person's coming from and, and gracious and humble in how I engage with it, I'd, I'd hope that others who, who, sure. who now would be gracious and humble in, uh, in understanding um, these positions. But I think we'll leave it there. Um, a little bit of controversy this week uh, and certainly had some 
I've had feedback from people having interesting conversations yeah. around the dinner table uh, and hopefully wrestling with our understanding of scripture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we firmly believe the spirit guides us and, and works through this. Uh, it works through scripture, works through the church, works through our f- flaws and our, um, mm. our failings along the way. Well, God bless you this day and um, thank you for joining us on this little extra journey from Sunday morning. Thank you. Goodbye.